What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. It is February 27th and we are on episode 48. Uh, normally I ask Ryan and Tyler how they're doing tonight, but I don't really give a shit because tonight we are joined by none other than Max Boltman from The Athletic. Uh, and it's been a crazy couple of days in the Red Wings world. Max, how are you holding up? I'm doing good. I kind of feel like I should ask Ryan and Tyler how they're doing though. Oh, feel <laughs> free. We can, yeah. well, at least someone's going to appreciate us tonight. <laughs> Ryan, Tyler, how you guys doing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good and excited to talk to Max and glad he's, uh, joining us. Yeah, I'm doing good, Max. Welcome to the podcast, and I'm just looking forward to talking about the trade deadline. That's a nice jersey over your shoulder. <laughs> Let's not go there. He's a Michigan Michigan guy living in Boston, Tyler. So, uh, oh, okay. So Monday was a trade deadline, and we all know the Wings made a couple moves. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the absolute shaming the Wings endured at the hands of the Canadians last night. Funny enough, Max, your last article was titled After Another Selling Deadline Passes, Red Wings Know the Only Way Out of Their Pain is Through It. But I don't think anyone saw that kind of pain coming uh, right after the deadline. Were you surprised by what happened last night? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I tweeted this at one point. Like, you almost had to expect like there was going to be some kind of shock. You take, you know, you saw, I think Nick Jensen was a really underrated piece for them. And you take him out of the lineup, I thought you, you kind of had to expect some defensive deficiencies to show up. You take Gus Nyquist out, the lineup's going to have to obviously get tweaked a little bit. I guess I expected a little bit, but you don't ever expect eight to one and you really don't ever expect kind of the, um, the lack of cohesion. What a lot of the players chalked up to almost a lack of work ethic. It was, uh, it was really brutal. Yeah, that was, I mean, to put it simply, that sucked. And then uh, we were talking about this earlier. I think that's the worst Red Wings game I've ever physically watched even they've they've taken some worse losses what they had a 10-3 loss to Montreal lately but even in that game they didn't look this horrible there's no words like you said Max losing Jensen I think is huge for this team because they didn't replace him with anyone right you got Erickson coming back with Daly going down Bowie who hasn't played in what 17 games I think it was showed that he hadn't played in 17 games and there was just nothing in regards to puck movement and that game just sucked where was which was the goal that like for you guys was like okay this is gonna they're gonna pour this on? What do you think four? <laughs> I mean it was even from goal one you're like okay goal two Howard was completely left out to dry mm-hmm. uh, and, and then it just kept getting worse and people kept blaming Howard and I'm like dude we have no defense it's two on ones it's backdoor shots Tyler was there any any moment that stood out for you in last night's game? <laughs> I think the third goal is when I was like, well, you know what? This is going to be a route. And I was, I was right. I think it was the Gallagher goal. I think that was in the second period with like nine minutes left or something like that. And that, that's the moment I was like, "Uh Oh, this could be a bumpy ride. And then the fourth goal went in and you're like, Oh, Jesus, here we go. Which was the one that green turned it over like behind the net and they scooped it and just that path to the, to the right post. And it was that, that to me, I was like, Oh, this is, this one's already over. Was that, that the was Armia goal? Can you me cross uh, cross slot pass? That was filthy too. I think oh, that was. Mm-hmm. We we try not to mention that name, Kaniemi, uh, <laughs> because then we feel the wrath of the of the That's Habs fans. An internal war that Greg has started with Habs fans. Scream at us! But but what was impressive last night was that Zadina looked very good. He he yeah. was creating space for himself. He was a minus one miraculously. So when, when you're the new kid on the block in game two and you're only a minus one when the other team scores eight, I'll take that as a win. But 
Yeah, it was Mike Green was easily it was the Red Wings versus Mike Green last night. Was, he was easily one of the worst players out there. Yeah. Same with DeKaiser, and I think Ryan said earlier DeKaiser ended with like a minus five. Yeah, he was a minus oh. five on the night. Yeah, it was it was a pretty bad showing. I honestly try not to like read too much into plus minus, but um, yeah, in a game like that, man, I don't even know. I, I think everyone's minus whatever whatever you want to put on them yesterday. Yeah, we we generally say that plus minus is probably the most useless stat in hockey. But when you get destroyed that bad, you, you got to kind of say, okay, well, who who was on the ice most of the time, especially defensemen when those goals were scored? And when you let Andrew Shaw get more than one goal, I there's hate a him. big problem. I uh, hated him for get... Chicago and that him getting a hat trick hurt. Oh, yeah, it was bad. I agree. Uh, but we're going to get around to what tonight's really about, and that's the trade deadline, which has come and gone. And I guess first we can start off with grading Kenny's deadline on Monday. Were uh, Max, were you happy with it? Did you want to see more? Uh, is what happened what you expected? Well, it doesn't really affect me too much either way. It was about what I expected. I, I think I had kind of – I had started to believe that Nyquist could draw a first if it was out there, but – and, you know, maybe he would have had the team that they – ultimately traded him to actually had one to trade um but they didn't and so he ends up with the second and the conditional third that you know has a non-zero chance of also becoming a second i'd give him probably a b minus because i think ultimately there it wasn't that kind of top end return that you would have wanted but i thought they got a pretty pretty good deal for jensen and ultimately they did what had to be done um on nyquist which was moving him for what they could get and i you know i am not someone who subscribes to the idea that a GM ever really makes a trade with a better offer on the table. So it's at that point, you kind of got to take it face value. If that's the best offer they could get, then they did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. I think you can only play the cards you're dealt. And that's what Ken Holland kind of went through there. And, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, you just kind of have to do what you have to do. I mean, they couldn't resign Jensen. They, they, they approached him. They couldn't do it. They approached Nyquist kind of pushed hard on Nyquist to try to get him in and uh, they couldn't do that. So at that point, you have to trade. You know, I mean, you're not going to the playoffs, so this isn't a rental situation for you. You know, this is a situation where, you know, you get rid of them now or you lose them for nothing. So, I mean, B-plus is where I would go because I still think that if you pushed harder, there could have been a Luke Glendening trade or possibly somebody else. But uh, B-plus is a good, solid grade for a team that's in a rebuild, I would say. Yeah, I think I gave around the same a B plus. I knew that you probably weren't going to get a first for Nyquist after what Zuccarello went through, uh, went for, mm-hmm. and and that was kind of the trade that set it off. Their numbers are similar. Zuccarello is on an arguably better team, and and he went for two seconds. So I think it was a second and a third, and that third can become a second. It's conditional picks, but we have the same situation. Our picks could end up being two seconds for for Nyquist and I'll take that especially when the team that got him like you said didn't have a first round pick to give up so right now I mean the rebuild you it's 2019 you rebuild through the draft and and you hit free agency when you're you're in a playoff position yeah I mean I'd say I'd go C plus B minus if if that conditional actually turns into a second I'd kind of go backwards and maybe give it a B plus because there's more that I feel that they'll be able to do with that. Granted, who knows a third round pick could still turn out to be something, but I mean, for the the time being, do I wish there could have been more like to Max's point, we're talking about a first round pick for a while there and hoping for one, 
but it's not the end of the world. Like, and like you said, Tyler, we didn't lose him for nothing. So I think getting something is still a win, even as much as it might pain people to hear that. And I think the condition on the Nyquist third is that if they make the Stanley cup final or Nyquist resigns, right? Correct. Yeah. So, and I think they're, I don't see why Nyquist wouldn't resign. I mean, West Coast, beautiful weather, great team. You're playing with Brent Burns, who's one of the better players in the league. I, I think there's there's a lot going there that I, I feel pretty confident that it could be two seconds. We'll see how Santa Fe's cap shakes out, though. Like, if they bring Carlson back, which I would have to think would be a, a selling point for Nyquist, since it seems like those two are friends, uh, their, their cap could get tied up pretty quickly. It would be the only thing I would say on that front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping we push hard for Carlson, but we'll, we'll put Hank in a room with him and, <laughs> and put uh, get Nick Lidstrom in and put him in a room with him and just really tell him to come over here. Uh, <laughs> but are you surprised the Wings didn't push for more trades with guys like Howie, Daly, or Glenn Denning? Or do you think some loyalty got in the way for guys like Cronwall? I don't think loyalty got in the way. I, I think, you know, we've kind of talked about it here a little bit. I, certainly, I, I don't think loyalty was not a factor. I, I just think when there's a guy who's meant a lot to your franchise, I don't think you want to trade him away for the price that that uh, was going to be offered for. Like, it doesn't sound like there were really any serious offers for any of the guys who didn't get uh, who didn't get moved. Like, there was no market for Howard, from my understanding. And so, if if that's the case, like people brought up the the Kincaid deal, like you would not have taken that that return for Jimmy Howard. No, not, not at all. Similar. Yeah. I, I, I understand that he's a piece that you probably could have gotten a solid pick for. I don't think you, you were ever going to get another team to agree on the value that Luke Glendening has in the Red Wings minds. You know, if you think about back to those Tampa series where he really shut down Tyler Johnson, I think that essentially cements what the Red Wings see as a winning hockey player, Luke Glendening. That's why he would be valuable to a contender. But from most contender standpoints, I don't know where they're going to draw that knowledge base from to arrive at, at a shared agreement on, on what, what his return would be, you know? Yeah, I think the only one that possibly could have arrived at that agreement would be Toronto because Babcock has seen him play. Uh, he grew up playing hockey with like under Babcock. So I don't think I think what they were probably asking for was a, a second round pick and, and a prospect or or something to that effect, which a lot of teams would be hard pressed to give up for a third, fourth liner in, in Glenn Denning, you get the penalty kill, you get the, the elite face-off numbers, you get a grinder kind of guy, but I don't think even, even Toronto would have given up that kind of draft capital to, to pick up someone like Glenn Denning to place them on, place them on the third or fourth line. Yeah. You also for, left out the fact that you get an elite, elite backhanded shot. so you can't really leave that one out i think i think of all the things that may have been left on the table glendenny would have been the only one i saw as a legitimate option as to move out howie i could have seen the long shot of going to maybe calgary but even there they've still got mike smith as their their primary go-to the return for any of those guys would have been nothing. And then it just would have pissed everybody off. Like, Oh, why did you trade him If you didn't get like a second round or first round pick for whatever, some delusional people like to say, but Glenn Denny would have been the best option. I think for my sake and, and my fiance's happiness, I'm glad that he's still around for a little <laughs> bit longer. Um, but it's, I'm not surprised with what wasn't moved. 
Yeah, I'm not really surprised with what wasn't moved. The, th- the one thing that was interesting to me is the report that Cronwall possibly would have been traded to Columbus. But I, I just don't know that – I think that loyalty in the way got got involved in that one. However, I just don't think Cronwall would have even waived his no-trade clause to go to Columbus or, or even to leave. I mean, he's got prop- presumably a family here. He's been here. This could be the last season or maybe one more after this, like, why is he going to leave now? If he was going to leave, it would have been a few years ago. And you yeah. saw what they, I mean, they moved for Adam McQuaid later on and gave up, yep. what, a, was it a fourth or a fifth? Like, I don't, if I'm kind of Holland, I'm not doing that for a fourth or a fifth. No, no absolutely no. not. No, no especially they, since in his prime, he was literally one of the most underrated defensemen on a on a good team, like a really good team. And he put up good numbers and, and was solid defensively for 90% of his career. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think gets lost too in that like, you know, did loyalty get in the way kind of conversation. I've got to imagine when you go on the free agent market and you're selling someone to come to a team, especially a team that's in the position the Rebbings are in right now, they cannot sell a active Stanley Cup window. One thing that they can absolutely sell is that if you come here and you want to be here and you are a really great player, you're going to finish your career here if you want to. Like you can sell Nicholas Cromwell was here. We had the chance to trade him to Columbus and we kept him. If you're Ken Holland, those are all things that you can say to somebody to entice that next player to be like, yeah, if I decide I want to be a Red Wing, you know, I'm going to have a say in, in getting to finish there. If that's what I want, I think there's value in that from a, from a pitching standpoint um, to, as you're talking about free agents, especially as you get closer to the point where you can be selling that uh, upper tier of free agent. Yeah, it's more of the you're, when you're in the Red Wings, it's like Olive Garden. When you're a Red Wing, you're family, and, <laughs> and, and we're not just going to ship you out to the, to the highest bidder, even if the highest bidder is only going to give you a fourth round pick for uh, mm-hmm. to to come there. So I I think that, and the other part of it is that if if, if you weren't going to trade Howie, we need a goalie. None of our prospects are ready, so more than likely Howie's going to get a two year deal, and that's what we need. Granted, he hasn't looked great lately, and he's coming back from the flu, so I don't really blame the guy. Does, but, he, does he have mono? I mean, it seems like it's been forever. I don't know. It seems like they were all making out yeah. with Franz Nielsen because it started <laughs> there, and then one by one, they each kept getting scratched, and they're like, well, it's because they're trade bait. I'm like, no, when you've got one sick guy in the locker room and he's on a plane with the entire team, it's like quarantine moment. You're trapped in a plane <laughs> with a dude who's sick. It's a not a good look. Applicator said he was on the flight home. I forget which flight it was. He was sitting in between Nielsen and Nyquist. So Nielsen gets sick, and then Nyquist gets sick, and then Applicator at that point just knew, all right, what happened next? Oh, God. At least Torts isn't our coach explaining what was happening on the plane. So (laughs) (laughs) Tortorella's comments are hilarious. I don't know. He he gives some good play-by-play what the hell's going on with those guys. Yeah, He's out there shitting his pants. What do you want from him? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Want him on the ice. He can score goals. Get him out there. I don't care. Put him in a diaper. Put him on the ice. Let's go. So the the next thing is that Holland had made a comment on the local morning show uh, that not all the draft picks will turn into players. So do you see him maybe packaging players and picks this summer to move up in the draft uh, if they don't land in the top three? I don't know what I see them doing, but I interpreted that comment the other way. Um, If you take the mindset that not all the draft picks are going to turn into players, to me that means you want more draft picks, not to to hone down your margin and take – you know, a fewer number of guys where all of a sudden it's a huge risk, huge reward kind of deal. 
if you got three second round picks and you trade all three of them, and I think that's probably what it would be to get up into, you know, any part of the first round that is distinguishable from the second round at all, then yep. all of a sudden that's a freaking huge bet on that pick. If mm-hmm. you've got three second round picks, you know, the year the Red Wings got Tyler Bertuzzi, for example, they took two guys in that round, Tyler Bertuzzi and Zach Nastasiak. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Zach Nastasiak is. Oh, yeah. Yep. That yeah. would be the point, right? Yeah. Like Zach Nasty. So, right. And so <laughs> Nastasiak, you know, he's a great, he's a good player, but he never made it. And yeah. so if you assume that, you know, if you want to get another Tyler Bertuzzi, it probably means you're going to draft a Tyler Bertuzzi and a Zach Nastasiak, and you're not going to know who's who until down the line. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, like to your point, Max, is that look at what they did last year with all their picks. They didn't trade or move up in, at all. They didn't move back. And really, those first four picks, I think the general consensus is Holland knocked it out of the park. So there's – I, I like the idea. I, I like both ideas to what you said. And then also to the fact that maybe if they don't necessarily trade up in the draft, maybe if they can package those together for a top four def- defender on top of draft picks and maybe another, another prospect of their own to got to go after somebody, is that necessarily going to happen? I doubt it, but it's, it's a slippery slope, but I, I like the, the stay home idea because of what they can land like a Valino at pick 30, 32. And, and kind of go from there. So there's a lot of options, but I don't think that Holland is going to be too bold, if you will, in trying to move those around to go go at it, especially with his comments on how draft picks are going to really drive this team moving forward on top of hopefully free agency pick, pickups. Yeah, I think I think what it comes down to is, are you willing to take that risk and be creative and trying to move up in the draft, whether it be, you know, in the high first round or the mid first round, first round picks, um, the mid first round picks can be the same thing as second round picks, depending on the draft and, and, you know, what it ends up being like, you know, because uh, when it comes down to these kind of things, it's like, well, are you going to take three second round picks? Or are you going to take the high first round pick? I think you take the high first round pick every time, but to Max's point, you have to hit on that pick now. You know, it's it's not where where you have the three second round picks or two second round picks. You hit on one and you miss on the other. No, if you miss on this one, then you not only lost your your second round picks, you also missed on the first round pick. So it's kind of a lost draft, and it might set you back another year in the rebuild. Yeah, and if if you could trade them all for the number ten pick, you do it in a heartbeat. I just don't yeah. see that being on the table, like because. Because that's where you can get a guy like your your Bowen Byram or your I mean maybe he doesn't fall to ten but somebody of that caliber that you know right now is projected to go around five or six or wherever the Red Wings are going to pick easy money to bet that that person could be there like like last year for example you could have gotten Zadina and Evan Bouchard if you had that, that oh, wow right? so that's huge you would do that in a heartbeat I mean I don't I don't know if you would trade I don't know would you guys trade Valeno Berger and McIsaac for Evan Bouchard right now. No, no, not at no, all. No. So that's kind of the point, though, right? Like, and it, when I say that, it's not. It's I don't mean any disrespect to like Zach Nastasek. Like he, he, it was a second He's round a pick. Player He's still in the AHL, but like you know, one of those guys is a arguable middle six to top six forward in the NHL, and the other one isn't. And so mm-hmm. you have to operate in the draft. Like if you're going to make multiple picks in the second round, one of them is probably going to end up in the AHL, and. If you're lucky, one of them is going to be in your top six. That's a, if you get a top six guy in the second round, you've done a great you've done a great job. Even if you had three second round kicks at that camp, absolutely. I think the other part of it too is so so. Even if you look in your your later rounds, if we got 
two more third round picks or another. I think mm-hmm. Athens C was a fourth round pick. Correct. So right now we're all in camp, uh, trade everyone and just get a bunch of picks. So pretty and then, much. And then if you can if if you can move to maybe get a guy, uh, if you can say, hey, I got a couple picks in this prospect. There might be a third and a second. We would still have two second rounds and a prospect. Are you interested in trading this defenseman because you're cap strapped or whatever? I think we could do something like that, but but we should be stocking up on picks because, like I said earlier, 2019 uh, rebuilds are done through the draft. So, and in thing- trades though, you gotta you gotta still include trades. But like you said, with with uh, I I just always use this example, and I know you know contract situation and stuff like that. It's probably not going to happen. But a guy like Jacob Truba, you know, he's only 26, 27 years old. You get him in here, and not only is he here for the rebuild, but he's also here for the for the rebirth of the franchise when the team, you know, is competitive again in three or four years. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be a real conspiracy theorist, if you uh, want to go to the offer sheet uh, realm. Oh, God. Uh, oh, here we go. I mean, those offer sheets cost, what, a first, second, and a third, or two years of a first, second, and a third? Depending on the value. Of- Right, it's a hell of a lot more palatable if you have two seconds and two thirds That's to deal true. with there. Really, you're only giving up a little bit. I mean, when you, you want to offer Sheet Marner and, and lose like uh, three first rounders? No, I want to wait two years and offer Sheet Brady Kachuk if I'm them. <laughs> oh, Ooh, wow. No, wait, you mean when the you mean when the Sens are in uh, uh, Quebec? <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking the other day, like you know. They wanted uh, Chuck's dad wanted Mark Stone there to mentor him, right? I was just if he if he really doesn't like it there, then some team should probably offer sheet him in two years and see what he wants oh, yeah. to, to go for it. You know, I'm just not sure Ottawa's not relocated before then. Uh, they just lost out on their arena deal, so that was today, wasn't it? Yeah. To be clear, Ottawa's not letting Brady Kachuk anywhere near Ottawa tonight. I'm just messing. No, up. Yeah. no, he's the only. He's he's like one of their only hopes right now because. <laughs> Name name five other players on Ottawa's roster currently. Right. So, Bobby um, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I got, I got and one. And they kind of need him now. They need Bobby <laughs> Ryan. But the other thing that Holland said, and he got <laughs> – we were listening to it. He got real angry. And I don't know if you heard the clip. Uh, Holland poured salt out on, on the morning show when he said that no trade clauses don't impact how he approaches the deadline and doesn't dictate what he can or can't do. So how much uh, truth do you put into that? I think, I mean, I think it was a fair point. Like the, the comment that he made was that the no trade clause's real purpose is to give a guy some say in where he goes. He said he wasn't really hampered by Nyquist's no trade and Nyquist ends up in San Jose, which I understand was a place that he preferred, one of the places he preferred to be. Of course. Um, I don't think that's, that's an unfair point to make. I, rarely do you actually see, a guy who's hard line, you know, I'm activating my no trade clause. You don't want me here, but I want to be here so bad that I don't care that you don't want me here. Like, That's true. Th- to me, that it just makes sense to me. I think the only place that bit him uh, this year was was Vanek to Boston. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know that. For one, I don't know that that you know came into play in, in the way that is out there. Um, I don't know you know one way or the other on that. But for two, like again. What was someone offering? Like, didn't he get like a third last year? Like, are you? Yeah. Would you, would you have taken mm-hmm. a third again for Vanek? I don't know. I, I guess. But like, how much of a hassle do you want to make it? Like, Vanek is like I know that people hate this, but he's legitimately a good 
locker room oh, yeah. guy. He, he he speaks Czech for like your top prospect who's up here for this stretch, and maybe it's maybe it seems small. I don't know. That I think it matters. I think it matters to to have a competitive like if if you trade a everybody away you're gonna have last night for 20 games and everybody oh yeah jesus christ please no so (laughs) i don't know i don't i don't think i guess but it's not like it wasn't it wouldn't have been a priority of mine to do if i was them yeah i mean i think the no trades or something that it's like it's like in 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 hockey right now um a lot of these players want eight-year deals if you're in with the club or you know seven-year deals outside of the club it's just like kind of hand in hand. You want to play, you want this player, you're going to have to give him a no trade clause because that's what he wants in his contract. Otherwise he's going to go elsewhere and get the same thing. So it, do you want the player or not? That's kind of what it comes down to. And did he have to give a no trade clause to Justin Abdelkader and Dandy DeKaiser and players like that? Maybe not, but you know, if you're going to land in Eric Carlson this uh, summer, you're going to give him a no trade clause because that's just what that player is going to want. He's going to want, say if he ends up getting traded at some point and want control of where he ends up going uh, or some control of where he ends up going. So that's just kind of what happens in the NHL. And that's, that's just kind of what it is. That's the situation that he's in. Do we all agree with it? No, but it is what it is. Yeah. Greg, you got anything on this one? No, I mean, I think, uh, I think you, you may start seeing more modified no trades where they can submit their 10-team list or, or where they want to go or where they definitely don't want to go. I know if you're – a couple players will not go to a Canadian team. That's like their whole no-trade list is we're not going anywhere in Canada. So it'll it'll be interesting to see going forward, especially what happens in our, in our GM landscape because I feel like the, the management is even in flux right now to see what happens going forward. Although we know that apparently Blashell's definitely going to be back next year. So at least one that, year. That, yeah, that's the big thing is they're happy. They're happy with Blashell and I'm happy with Blashell in a development role. We're not a cup contending team. Is he going to win us a Stanley cup? No, but have our rookies improved under him? Absolutely. So I, I think a lot of that is, is going to be in flux. And, and I think the last thing that we kind of want to go over, and this is a question that everyone's probably asked you all over the place, <laughs> do you believe in your heart of hearts that Ken Holland moves upstairs to let Iserman take over this summer? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't spend, like, because I can't, there's nothing out there for me to know. I haven't spent a whole lot of time trying to find other people's speculation on it because nothing can actually really even begin taking place until no july it's tampering but i mean if you had a gut feeling i don't know like (laughs) (laughs) timeline right like of course like i'm a thinking human being when eiserman says he's leaving tampa i i 100 percent assume that he ends up in detroit but oh yeah i screamed like a little girl inside when he said he was leaving tampa (laughs) i mean i'm just saying like i I think you have to, like, as a rational person, that has to be a thought that comes into your head. I, I'm sure that that's my – I guess if, if you want to know this, like, my gut guess, like, I would guess that he ends up in Detroit. Like, but I don't know what the timeline for that is. I don't know what it means ripple effect-wise for the other people that are involved in this. Ken Holland still has a year in his contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all of that is, and I, I don't – it's not that I don't care. It's just that I haven't put enough time into, like, trying to – form an educated 
you know, spider web for what that would even look like. <laughs> but like, yeah. like any human person, I, I think when the most beloved player in franchise history, who is an incredible GM in Tampa Bay says he's retiring from that job and is going to be spending a lot more time in Detroit. Like it's kind of hard to not think that that is going to happen at some point. But you haven't done your whole uh, always sunny Charlie Day map on the wall. Yes, I'm glad you're bringing it up. Going to each pin. <laughs> and... turn the computer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Little do we know, there's a shrine actually in the background of Steve Eisman mm-hmm. as the, getting introduced <laughs> as the GM. Uh, what do you think's behind this Michigan jersey? <laughs> it's your hey Arnold, exactly. Your Hey Arnold, Steve Eiserman gum sculpture in the corner back there. Oh, I hope it happens. I mean, I think there's been some crazy Twitter reaction the last couple of days, especially about Stevie coming back. But I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. Now, who knows? Maybe they do what they did with Shanahan and put him in a VP role or some other lateral position that isn't quite the GM let Holland end on his pride note of his final season and kind of go out on his terms, but maybe he does go out on his terms and just walks away and lets Steve take over. Who knows? I would, I would love it, but I'm not gonna, it's kind of like with Blashill being fired or let go. I'm not holding my breath until something actually does happen that we as a collective group can actually be happy about. Yeah, I think there's a possibility of it happening. I think uh I think a lot of people want it to happen. I think he 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 didn't he didn't say anything obviously cuz he can't say anything per se, but his actions and this goes back to the farewell at the Joe, the last game at the Joe. Him him enjoying it with the fans and like um you know, it still seemed like he was part of the organization even though he was the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning at the mm-hmm. time get ready for a playoff run or, or did they miss the playoffs that year? I think that was the year they missed, but anyways, you know, he was there and it seemed like he, it was genuine. He really, it, it, he enjoyed being at the Joe when it comes down to talking about Holland moving upstairs and letting Stevie come in. I mean, he didn't do it the first time. So what makes you think he's going to do it this time around, unless he's getting his arm twisted by, um, you know, Mr. Illich or, or Marion or, or whoever it may be. The other thing is, too, does Ken Holland – you guys can all answer this. Does Ken Holland really sound like a guy right now that looks like he's going in the next year? Oh, no. It doesn't sound no. it to me. No. Uh, no, and what I also think gets lost is how much this guy clearly loves the Red Wings and loves being a part of their organization. Yes. Like, yeah. it's it's really easy for people to kind of move the chess pieces around and construct this, you know, this this timeline where – whatever happens happens and whoever is the GM is the GM, but this guy loves his job. Like mm-hmm. clearly he loves what he's done. And I think he wants to, to guide them back toward what he knows they can be and have been. And so I don't know exactly what, again, I don't know exactly what that means for all the potential moving pieces here. I think he wants a lot of success for the franchise. Yeah, I think the big thing people don't see too, and you'll see a bunch of people online that are just screaming like, fire Holland, get him out of here, let Stevie take over. You're not going to fire a guy that that brought a huge amount of success to your franchise Mm -hmm. and was part of the reason that you were so good for so long. If he wants to go, they'll let him go. If he wants to to ride out his contract, they'll let him ride out his contract. And, And if I'm not mistaken, he is both the general manager and vice president, isn't he? I think, I think he's I think, both. I think that's true. 
Yeah, so he yeah. could move if he wanted to move to the VP role and let and let Iserman take over. Great. If he wanted to stay general manager for his last year and let Iserman take a VP role, there's options there that could move Iserman into the organization if he if that's what he truly wants to do. And like I keep telling people all the time, Iserman could still work for Tampa and live in Michigan. Yeah, but there are roles that allow him to do that. Eisenman wants to be closer to his family in Michigan. If he wants to be in Michigan, either he takes a job with the Red Wings or, you know, he just ends up not – if, if it, it is what he wants to do. I mean, this is a guy that walked away from the GM of Team Canada. This guy was the GM of Team Canada in the Olympics and, and, and all that stuff, and he walked away from that because it was too much for him. So that now he's a GM in Tampa and wants to come closer to Michigan. So either he's going to be the next GM of the Red Wings or he's going to be working for the Red Wings. I just don't see a scenario where at some point he becomes either the GM of the Red Wings or has something to do with the Wings. Are you, are yeah. you going to be okay if none of that happens? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, 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 little worried happen, about you right now. If, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it. I'd be very shocked if it didn't. Based upon what's happened, you see Chelios leave – Michigan to go back home to Chicago to be with his family and then take a ambassador job with Chicago. It, if, if it goes kind of like that, you, you get a job. You, it's easier to have a job with a team in the city that you're in than it is to, to reach out a state and, and do stuff like that. But I'm not holding my breath because we know what happens when we get excited about something and then it doesn't happen. It's a gigantic disappointment. So yeah, don't even don't even mention Parise and Suter. We're go back there. We no, could have two or three there. more cups. We had those guys. We're, don't eat. No, no, we could not. We're over it. It's over. Um, but I think our time is up for tonight. Uh, what I want to say before we go is, if you haven't subscribed to the Athletic yet, it is a hundred percent worth the price. Uh, it's some of the best sports writing I've ever seen, and you get insights that you really won't get anywhere else from talented writers like Max. And without the athletic, I'm not sure Max would be on our podcast tonight because I bumped into him at Toast of Hockey Town. He's like, yeah, I'll totally come on your podcast, having absolutely zero idea who we were. So yeah. it was a ballsy move, but we thank you for it. Well, thank uh, you for all you the nice been- words. This, is, this has been really fun, and I really appreciate uh, all the kind words and, and you letting me uh, give my spiels for, for the last half hour. <laughs> yeah, you can also follow Max on Twitter uh, at M underscore Boltman. That's B-U-L-T-M-A-N. Max, thank you uh, for coming on tonight and talking to us. Uh, and we really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you, guys. No, I had a blast. You can also follow the Grindline podcast on uh, at Grindline Pod on Twitter. We moved our account over to the, the, the larger base now. You can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. You can follow Ryan at RDRyan33. You can follow Tyler at Seal Dog ninety one. Is that what it is, so Tyler? Yes, yes, it is. Are you sure? Did you check? Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, you can find our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podbean, on TuneIn, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. We are there. But for Tyler and Ryan, I am Greg. You guys stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>